So here's what I want you to do with me. I am, first of all, so grateful and elated to be here, to stand before you to preach the word of God. This is a great experience because as I look out, I see a foreshadow of what heaven will look like. Now, I need to give you a disclaimer because there I am. The disclaimer is this. I am subject to raise my voice and shout. And so I don't know about you, but it's Resurrection Sunday. And so some of you who are mild and that kind of thing, don't be afraid. I'm just expressing expressing the passion that's within me because we have a loving Savior, a seeking Savior, a Savior who has given his life. And this is what I want to kind of talk about. But bow with me for a moment, if you will, just for a moment. Father, thank you, first of all, for this opportunity. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Thank you for the Rock Bridge Church. Thank you for the New Birth Church, our Father. Thank you for those, the body of Christ, the ecclesia. Thank you for this makeup this morning. Now, our Father, I ask that you speak through me. Speak to situations. There are some here, our Father, that might be having a rough week. They are seeking answers to their dilemma. Would you give them peace? Would you heal as you can? In Jesus' name, amen and praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today. There's a passage that I want to try and lift up. Um, It's found in the Gospel of Matthew. I want you to think about something. On this past Friday, um, there was an exchange that took place. It was an exchange, but it would not have been effective had not this morning taken place over 2,000 years ago. When I look at that exchange, it is a very unfair exchange in natural eyes. That exchange is that Jesus exchanged his life for ours. That means he took a perfect life and died in our stead. And what did I have to offer? Now, don't look at me funny because you're in the same state. (laughs) Your life, your education, your pedigree does not qualify for you to have an equal exchange for our Savior. He lived a perfect life. And I'm grateful that he exchange that he allowed himself to die for a wretch like me and a wretch like you. Amen. So it's not denominational. It's a loving, seeking, sacrificial Jesus that we lift up this morning. So if we can yell at football games, we ought to be able to yell on Easter Sunday morning. I've already warned you, I'm subject to shouting any time here, so be careful. What? You, you better catch up. I'm already at 30,000 feet. Jim and I have been fellowshipping, and Jim kind of talked a little bit about what, what I want to talk about today. I want to read a few texts, a few passages of Scripture. We'll get done today, and I'll look forward to the second service, of which I'm going to love to take part of, okay? Matthew 28, here's what it says. It's probably going to pop up on the screen, if you will. And I want you to take a look at that. 
Christian Standard Translation is what I'm using today. And I want you to notice, listen to what it says. Ten verses of that. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and other Mary went to view the tomb. It was a violent earthquake. Because an angel of the Lord, that's going to be important in a few minutes, descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it like Jim with a toothpick in his mouth saying, what else can you throw at me? His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by the fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. (laughs) He is not here for he has risen. But just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he was risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. There it is. They ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, greetings. Uh, They came up. They took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. That verse 10, the word of God for the people of God. God be praised. Three things, David, that I want to lift up today. There's some things going on in Matthew 28, Simmons. Very interesting chapter, very powerful chapter, Pastor Jim. Talks at the beginning of the chapter about the activities, certain activities going on in the chapter. But when you get to verse 28, you see the Lord, the risen Lord telling us, To go ye therefore into all the world and teach and preach and baptize. In other words, no matter if you're Methodist, no matter if you're Presbyterian, we have the great commission given to us. You and I might worship a little different, but the end result is that we love a Savior and we ought to be talking about our faith. In a world we live in today, people need to hear about a risen Savior. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that in me, and I'll say this in a couple of minutes, he's not only risen in the book, but he has also risen in my life. So when you hear me shouting on Sunday mornings, that's because I serve a risen Savior, but he is also in my life. When he has risen from the dead, you already said it, Pastor Jim, there will be joy there. There will be excitement there. There will be exhortation there. 
There will be power there. Doesn't matter if you're Methodist or Baptist. You will know that you have eternal life. So I say to someone today, lift him up in your life. Your family needs to see you walking and understanding that he has risen from the dead. First thing, David, I want to lift up is you notice the activities of those uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. You see them on their way to the grave. Don't you see them? They're walking. They're disappointed. No doubt they are thinking about the obstacles that's in their lives. What obstacles, pastor, are you talking about? Well, there's a big boulder there that's in front of the grave. There's a Roman guard who are posted there. Well, well, pastor, how, how, does that, how does that translate to my life? Some of us in here, you have tremendous obstacles in your life. Some have come this morning mentally distressed. Some have come physically distressed. Some have come thinking about your family. But can I give you a good word? God has already taken care of it for you. They're on their way. They're on their way, Pastor Jim. They're on their way as morticians. There they come. You see them walking in the text? They're going as morticians. They're getting ready to anoint the body. But then when they get there, something transforms them where they go as morticians. But when they leave the grave, they are missionaries. Don't you remember when you first met the Lord Jesus Christ? You were happy about it. You were joyful about it. It gave you boldness. It gave you power. You were excited. That's the kind of Christian across all denominations that we need. Stand bold and tell people he's risen in my life. He has risen indeed. I'm happy today to tell you that I know him. I know him personally. He has, as he rode into Jerusalem, he rode into my life. He is a seeking savior. He is a sacrificial savior. He is a healing savior. If I told you about my background, you wouldn't want to sit next to me. But he is alive in my life. And he's alive in your life. Anthony, they were on their way to the tomb they were worried about the rock but the activities of the angel speaks of God God has sent an angel to take care of the boulder and here's the reason it's not so Jesus could get out it's so men and women can look in and say he is not here he has risen from the dead when you go when you go to the tomb today it is still empty. Yes, he is alive. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, he is alive. When we leave here today, we ought to have a mantra. When we walk out the door, we ought to raise our hand and say, he's alive. Yeah. When I walk out the door, I would say to one family, he's alive yes, he is. forevermore. Listen, the activity of the angels, they moved it away. They moved the boulder away. Yeah. God always has a plan. Yes, He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your children's life. You can trust him. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, he knows the plans he has for us. Ephesians 2 and 10, we are, 
We are his workmanship, created for good works. Doesn't mean that we are black. It doesn't mean that we're white. We are working together. We are the ecclesia. We are the body of Christ. Thank God for Rockbridge. Can I tell you, can I tell you this? And I'll move on to my second point. I just need to expound a little bit. This COVID-19 came unexpectedly. 2020. I had never really known much about technology. Pastor David McMahon was here at the time. And I was wondering, God, how am I going to reach my people? How am I going to reach new birth? And God sent an angel by way of David McMahon and Rockbridge and Chris and others. And I was able to get online. We needed a YouTube. And God had a plan for us because he always has a plan for his gospel to go out. We got online. And God has us reaching people beyond our measure. Tragic situation turns into a triumphant situation. I'm trying to tell you, angels, in the African-American traditions, we got angels watching over us. Everywhere I go, there is an angel. Might not look like Gabriel, might not look like Michael, but it comes in the form of somebody knocking on the door and saying, how can I help you today? Thank you, Rockbridge Church. I'm forever grateful, but it's ultimately God watching out for us. Activity. Activity of the angels. They move the boulder away. Mary and Magdalene, Mary and Mary Magdalene, they didn't know how they would get into the grave. They, they would come there with the idea of anointing the body. But God changed the whole perspective. You ever been in a situation where God changed it around? You filled out every situation in your life. You wanted to know who you were going to marry. You filled it out, how many children you would have. And God changed that thing around. Aren't you glad you listened to God and responded to God? Some of us wish we had listened to God a long time ago. We wouldn't wouldn't have gone through some of the misery that we've been through. Can y'all say amen? That's a little bit about the activities of the angels. But then look at the actions. Look at the actions, if you will, in the text of those who are coming. I got a question for you. Jesus talked about that he would rise from the dead. Jesus talked about that he would get up from the grave, that he is the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 11, that was a foresight when he was anointed that he would be going to the grave when he raised up Lazarus. Don't you remember that, the action? Why is it that they went to the grave with their heads down? And so there are some things in our life that will cause us to walk with our head down. I had my mentor tell me, the only time you ought to be walking with your head down is when you're looking for money. (laughs) When you're walking as a Christian, you need to be looking up. Jesus went up to the mountain. In Acts, he went away. And the angel started preaching and says, just as you see him leaving, he shall return. When you're walking, even though you might not have enough money, walk with your head up. Because he is the reason for the season. He can change your perspective. He can change your family. He can change your finances. He can change your attitude. He can change your way of life. I already told you, I gave you a disclaimer, and I'm subject to raise my voice. 
Listen, listen. I too have experienced ACEs. I have experienced adverse childhood experiences. But can I tell you, I have a healing savior. I need to, I need to build Jim. I need to talk to somebody's faith right now. I feel it right. In 2010, I contracted the worst cancer that you can have. Did y'all hear what I said? I went in, I didn't know, I was the youngest man reporting to radiation treatment. Men were 70 and 78 years old, and one guy says, what are you doing here? You're only 50 years old. And then, and then he says, aren't you afraid? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Why aren't you afraid? Because I serve a living Savior. Person come up beside me. You know why you have cancer? Because God knows that you could handle it. Well, let me fast forward it. I went through my radiation time. And look at me now. You would not have known. Why? Because God can remove obstacles in your life. If you're going through a divorce, continue to trust him. If children are out of whack, continue to trust him. They were walking, but they had no idea. They did not recognize the risen Savior. I'm glad that the Savior comes to us personally. He comes to us and speaks into our lives. Wives and, and husbands, marriage is difficult sometimes, but you can make it when Christ is the center of it. He's the best counselor you can have. I try to do my best, but I don't compare to what Jesus and the Holy Spirit can do in your life. I got the activities of the angels. Did y'all see that? Did y'all agree? Uh, I got the actions. I've got the actions of those who are coming, the first witnesses. But then here comes the third thing I want to just kind of show you. There it is. The third point is they see the risen Savior. They see the risen Savior. They didn't recognize him. Angels already told him, why do you seek? The living among the dead. Can I ask a question? I don't mean to start anything. I don't mean to get on your nerves. But why do we seek other things instead of coming to Christ? God has the answer for your dilemma. God has the answer for Rockbridge and New Birth. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. Notice he didn't say Baptist. Notice he didn't say Methodist. Notice he didn't say Episcopalian. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. We have a Lord that is risen from the dead. We have a Lord that can heal you. We have a sacrificial Lord that can cause you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Can I ask you a question? Is he risen in your life today? They sung like he was risen. They, they, they performed like he was risen. He has been raised from the dead. I don't know about you as I'm coming to a close. They saw him. Didn't really recognize him. First resurrection by Jesus Christ. We know Lazarus was raised, but he died again. But Jesus is raised from the dead to live forevermore. Revelation 1 says, I am he who was dead, yet I am alive forevermore. He 
He's alive in 2022. He's alive in your situation. Invite him to come in and work it out. Invite him into your heart. You will not regret it. I'm happy today, brothers and sisters, to see this aggregation of Christians. But I'm happier. I'm happier that I can be alone with Christ. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he reminds me that I am his own. Let me close when I tell you this. I don't know if you know about it, but I want to be the first one to inform you. There's coming another resurrection. Yes, sir. There's coming another resurrection. First Thessalonians chapter four. Those who are dead in Christ shall be raised up to meet the risen Savior. He is on his way back one day. He is high and lifted up. He has power beyond your imagination. And those of us who are alive shall be caught up with him to live with him forever. I don't know about you, but I'm happy today. I want to tell you as I close, that was an unfair exchange. But I looked at it from the human perspective. From God's perspective, John 3.16 says, you couldn't take care of it, Pastor Owens. That's why I needed a perfect Savior. It was an unfair exchange, but I'm glad that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can we give him praise? He is living. He is living. Christ is risen. He has risen from the dead. It was an unfair exchange. I couldn't give my life. But I keep worshiping him. I keep praising him. I keep lifting him up because I know I am grateful. I had nothing to give but my faith. He who the son sets free is free indeed. Oh, the devil had me in shackles. But the power of God released me. Simmons, that was a war between death and life. When he got up early this morning, we found out who won the war. They went in there and did not see him. Simmons, I'll close on this. Here it is. There's a gospel called the gospel of the napkin. The gospel of the napkin. Come on, preacher. And the gospel of the napkin is an oriental type of thought process. Um, When the master and his servants would sit down and eat, they would have a napkin. And once the master got done with the napkin, he would do one or two things. He would either wad up the napkin and throw it away. Or he would fold it up. When he wadded up the napkin to throw away, that means that he was done. But when he folded it up and put it next to his plate, that means that he wasn't done yet. What are you saying, preacher? When Jesus was in the grave on Friday and Saturday and early Sunday, he just stepped away from the disciples for a moment. 
But had they seen the napkin, they would have understood that he is on his way back. He's out of your he's out of your sight right now. But on that early this morning, he came back because he had folded up the napkin. They didn't see it, but he was trying to send a message and says, I'm not done yet. Because Sunday is on the way. I'm glad that the Lord is not done with us yet. Rockbridge, God has great things for you. New birth, God has great things for us. But we cannot do it without a risen Savior. Hallelujah to his name. Hallelujah to his name. God be praised. He is risen from the dead.